welcome to the Women's Investor Community Podcast. I'm Diana Ritchie. Topic for today's episode is investment diversification. And as always, the first question you should ask yourself is, why do I care? And I think the short answer here is that there is a conception floating out in the ethos that if you don't own thousands and thousands of different types of investments, that you are being reckless as an investor. And so in this episode, we'll break down first, what is diversification? What does that mean? Next, second, we'll break down how does diversification apply if you are using passive index investing? And then third, we'll break down how does diversification apply if you're using a more active investing approach? So with that, let's dive in. Part number one, what exactly is diversification? What are we talking about here? Diversification is two different concepts. Essentially, diversification holds two different promises. The first promise or or concept is that you're better off if you don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And this can apply to a lot of things in life, but from an investing perspective, it's pretty, I'd say, easy and intuitive to understand why you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. To take a simple and rather extreme example, let's say that you put your entire net worth in Tesla stock. You can imagine that you're going to be up at 2 a.m. on your phone checking the price of Tesla stock. You are going to be following Tesla stock obsessively and incessantly because your entire net worth is tied up in it. And so diversification concept number one, which is very valid, is you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. In other words, don't put your entire net worth in just one investment. Diversification concept number two, or promise number two, is that if you're diversified, you will have a smoother ride along the way. In other words, you'll be able to get the same investment returns, but you'll have fewer ups and downs. You'll have less volatility along the way. And that's by no means a guarantee, but that is the second theory of diversification. So let's take an example. Let's say that you invest your entire life savings, your entire net worth, into two different stocks. And let's say that these stocks are negatively correlated. In other words, when one stock goes up, the other one goes down and vice versa. 
these stocks have a negative correlation. What that means, or what it's supposed to mean, is that let's say over 20 years, you know you have a crystal ball and you know that you're going to make 8% on your money by owning these two stocks. And if these stocks have a negative correlation, the idea is that you'll get your 8%, but your portfolio won't go up and down as much. In other words, it won't fluctuate by tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. It won't gyrate wildly all over the map. You'll get your 8% and it will be smooth. Again, because in this diversified portfolio, in our example, when one stock's up, the other one's down and vice versa. And that brings some balance to your portfolio and makes your ride, your experience in the stock market, a little more smooth. So bottom line on this, what is diversification? Diversification is two concepts. Number one, don't put all your eggs in one basket, which makes intuitive sense. And then number two, if you're able to construct a well-diversified portfolio, the idea is that you get to the same place, but you have a much better, much less volatile experience along the way, which can bring a whole lot of emotional comfort. Those are the promises of diversification. So let's look at how this works in practice. Part number two, diversification in the concept of passive index investing. Imagine this situation. You have just started a new job with your county government, and you're sitting with HR on day one, and they say, Congratulations. We're so happy you're here. We're so happy to have you on. Here's all your new hire paperwork. And oh, by the way, you're eligible for our 457 plan, which is our county retirement plan, very similar to a 401k plan. And you look at this paperwork to sign up for your 457 plan. And it says, how do you want to invest the money that you put into this 457 plan? In other words, you're going to take some money out of your paycheck. You're going to put it into the 457 plan every pay period. And then you have to decide how to invest that money once it's in your 457 plan. And in this HR documentation, they list out, call it, 14 different funds. And they all have complicated titles and they're all offered by different companies. And you think to yourself, okay, I know I'm not supposed to put all my eggs in one basket. How do I decide which funds to invest my retirement money in? 
And the concept of diversification here in practice can take a lot of different forms because we've talked about diversification generally, but there are different types of diversification. For example, you can diversify in terms of international and domestic investments. You can diversify by industry or sector, which might mean investing not only in some technology stocks, but also in some retail stocks and some utilities. That's industry or sector diversification. You can diversify across different asset classes, which might mean that you choose some stocks and some bonds. You get the idea. There are different flavors of diversification. And so you're looking at these 14 funds in your that are offered in your retirement plan. And the rule of thumb here is I wish I could give you a hard and fast rule about, you know, you want to put 25% international, you want to put 50% in US, you want to put 40% in bonds, some, some kind of rule of thumb like that. But in practice, you'll be limited to what your employer offers inside of the retirement plan. And so the guiding principles here, the way I think about this is I look at the funds that are on offer. I look at the fees associated with each fund because I want a fund that has a low fee. I generally look for something that's half a percent per year or less. And then I sort of allocate among them in a way that feels right. Because the thing to remember is that most of the funds that are on offer in your retirement plan probably are diversified anyway. Meaning the options are funds that necessarily will own hundreds and hundreds of different stocks or hundreds and hundreds of different bonds. And so you already get some diversification just by the simple fact that your retirement plan offers funds that are in and of themselves diversified. And so one approach might be put a little bit in international, put a little bit in stocks, put a little bit in bonds, kind of pick and choose among the funds and diversify that way. The other option that you might see in a retirement plan that offers passive funds or passive index investing is what's called a target date fund. And a target date fund is diversified in the sense that it typically owns some stocks and some bonds. And the idea with a target date fund is that you pick your age and as time goes on 
And as you get older, the target date fund you've chosen will automatically adjust to include fewer stocks and more bonds because the theory there is as you get closer to retirement age, you, again, as the theory goes, you want to have more bonds and fewer stocks because you want to be a little bit more conservative with your investments. So from a diversification standpoint, you might see a target date fund, which again is a fund that's diversified across stocks and bonds. One question that might be coming up right now is in the context of passive index investing, does diversification work? Does it actually do anything for me? And the short answer is yes on some level and no on some level. Certainly, the concept of don't put all your eggs in one basket absolutely applies. So if you're, say, looking at a retirement account, I would recommend choosing among a couple different funds and not just putting all of your retirement money in one fund, even though that fund in and of itself may have hundreds of investments inside of it and may already be diversified. So the concept of don't put all your eggs in one basket, I think is a good principle. Again, kind of no matter what you're doing, investing or otherwise. That said, the two drawbacks to the diversification theory are that history doesn't necessarily predict the future. In other words, when we talked about correlation and the concept that you can use diversification to give yourself a smoother investing experience over time, that is premised on the notion that you can find assets that are not correlated. You have to be able to find one asset that's going to go up when another one is going to go down in order to get this smoothing effect. And the way we get those correlation coefficients is by looking at history, by looking at the past. And that's all fine and well, but as we know, the future may or may not look like the past. And so that is one limit on the ability of diversification as a theory to actually deliver on its promise of the fact that you're going to have a smoother ride if you're diversified. And then the second limitation on the diversification theory is that when there's a really big financial crisis, it is often the case that there is no safe haven. Because when things really fall apart, sometimes stocks and bonds and international and domestic and technology and retail and all of it, just it just all kind of goes down together, like we experienced in 2008. 
Now, it's not to say it doesn't come back up, but there are limits to the diversification theory when you really have a big kind of crisis. So let's bring this all home. Bottom line, when you're using diversification in the context of passive index investing, like say the kind of investing you do inside your employer's retirement account. I wish that I could give you hard and fast percentages, like put this percentage in international funds. The reality is take a look at the funds that are on offer in your employer's account and don't put all your eggs in one basket and put a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there. Um, Again, just based off of what is on offer and what you feel is right. Part number three, diversification in the context of active investing. Imagine that you are sitting at your computer and you are about to place a trade. You're about to buy a stock that you have researched, that you understand well, that you feel really good about. And you're going to put 5% of your net worth into this stock. And suddenly it hits you, you get a little bit panicked and you think, is this irresponsible? Am I putting too much of my money into this one stock? And the concept in active investing is that stock research and buying a stock at a favorable price, what we call the on-sale price or the margin of safety price, is the first way that you manage risk. It's your first risk management tool. But diversification is also a really important risk management tool for folks who are active investors. So what does that look like in practice? In practice, when you look at the economy and you look at monetary policy, there are really only four things that can happen from a big picture economic perspective. One, we can have inflation or we can have deflation. And two, we can have economic growth or we can have a recession. And when you put those on a, on a little two by two matrix, you get your four scenarios. We can have inflation with economic growth. We can have inflation with a recession, which is a really ugly scenario. We can have deflation with economic growth. And we can have deflation with recession. That was a lot. I don't expect you to remember those four categories. The takeaway, though, is that As active investors, we want to build a portfolio that performs well 
in all economic environments. It's not always doable, but that's the aim. That's the theory. And so when we look at our four categories, we know we can match them with four different asset classes. And here's what I mean by that. When we have some inflation and the economy is growing, that's kind of a best case economic scenario, as long as inflation isn't out of control or too high. And when we have that kind of rosy economic scenario, stocks tend to perform pretty well. Conversely, when we have inflation, but the economy is going into recession, that's when gold tends to shine. Because gold historically has been a good hedge against inflation. Similarly, when we have deflation combined with economic recession, that feels like, you know, everything's just kind of coming to a screeching halt and things are really bad economically. And cash tends to shine in that in that scenario. And Sometimes we don't think of cash as an investment, but it is an investment and it does well when there's recession combined with deflation. And then finally, if we have deflation combined with economic growth, bonds tend to shine. And that may not be very intuitive because we haven't seen that kind of scenario for at least 15 years. It's been a, in fact, it's been a really long time since we've seen a deflationary scenario. But bonds do tend to shine in that environment. So we've got our four possible economic and monetary scenarios. We've got our four different asset classes, right? We have stocks, bonds, cash, and gold. And the big picture takeaway here, the thing to remember, the bottom line, is that if we're trying to build a portfolio that ideally will perform well in all economic environments, diversification means that we're going to want to include a little bit of each one of these four asset classes in our portfolio, in our overall investment picture. So we'll want to have some stocks. We might want to have some bonds. And we'll certainly want to have some gold. And we'll want to have some cash. And those can form the foundations of a well-diversified portfolio. Again, a portfolio that hopefully will perform well in all of the economic and monetary environments. So to bring this all home, um, big picture takeaways, what you need to know. Um, diversification can be a powerful risk management tool. It is a little more nuanced than the popular concept that you that often gets thrown around, which is that you need to own 
thousands and thousands and thousands of different types of investments. Otherwise, you're being absolutely reckless. And I would say diversification, to my mind, the, the best definition and the one that I like to use is I try to build a portfolio that will perform well in all economic environments. And the reality is we can't predict the future. We don't know. You don't know. I don't know. No one knows whether we're going to see inflation or deflation, whether we're going to see growth or recession. But the idea is that if we include some stocks, some bonds, some cash, and some gold in our overall portfolio, the hope is that we'll be ready for whatever the economy and whatever monetary policy throws our way. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Women's Investor Community Podcast. Of course, if you have questions about money or your personal finances, please feel free to drop us a voice note from the homepage at dianaritchie.com.